Hello everyone and welcome to Discussing Trek. Today we are back in Star Trek Prodigy Land as we review Season 1, Episode 10, Asylum. Like always, I'm your host Clarence and I'm joined by my fellow co-host slash Trekkies, starting with none other than the very giddy, if we're going to chalk it up to the last episode of Doctor Who, Cal Jones, how you doing, man? <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I think I might would say, you know, at the end of this particular episode, because I'm enjoying it so much that I don't want to go. But what? there you go. But what? I am glad to be here. Yes, what, <laughs> what, what? But I am glad to be here for Trek, Trek, Trek. No spoilers there. No spoilers. None at all. None at all. You know what? Every time we talk, I'm always upset that I'm just not like I feel like on the outside of the Who references. <laughs> Come on in the building, like, man. I feel like I'm the only guy in the world that doesn't know it. Hey, the TARDIS is welcoming, man. Just come on into the TARDIS. And there's room for everyone inside the TARDIS. Because why, Clarence? Fam? No, because it's bigger on the oh. inside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's if you didn't know, John, it, it's, it's bigger on the inside. It really mm. is. <laughs> Can we not keep saying it's bigger on the inside? <laughs> It really is. <laughs> oh, my giddy aunt. <laughs> I missed you guys. Jonathan Shorts, how you doing, man? Man, I am freaking fantastic. Absolutely. Absolutely, positively fantastic. And there is some prodigy on that I enjoyed watching. I've been watching some other trick. I have been getting a lot of Trek, but the worst part about it, I hadn't been able to talk to you guys about Trek. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. I'm glad that we can get back on this and get an episode going here. And I'll say to anybody listening for the first time or that has recently subscribed to this, this resurging feed, <laughs> you know, dormant for a little <laughs> while, but we're back. Welcome back. We're back. Thank you for subscribing. What we do here this podcast is review each and every episode of Star Trek as all with excessive detail. In addition to talking all things Trek, and I want to just ask you guys, you know, it's been a minute. What has everybody been up to? Let's get off track for just a minute. You watching anything good? Listening to anything good? What has been going on in your Ooh. lives? And I'm starting with you, John. What's been going on with you, man? Okay, so I knew it was something I was going to tell you guys to watch. I didn't know we were going to have this, like, talk about it <laughs> live. But it's on Netflix. It's a limited series. Pine Gap. That's it. Pine Gap? Pine Gap. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds weird. And, and, and you don't want us to say it's bigger on this side. But <laughs> I am somewhat, I'm somewhat intrigued. No. Yeah. But listen, no, really. So it, it's it's awesome. Like it it it's probably like 10 episodes. And I started it one night and then I could not stop. Uh, and it's basically... It's kind of like a, a psychological spy thriller thing. It's based on there's like a military intelligence base in Australia, in a small town in Australia mm. uh, called Alice Springs. And this is actual it is an actual base, mili U.S. military base there. Uh, but as far as purposes of this show, it like it consumes all of the satellite and antenna data from all of the other intelligence spaces around the world and brings it into one spot. And this group kind of processes that information and kind of feeds it out to the government and military kind of tell them what's going on. Anyway, okay. it's super hmm. freaking amazing. You should watch it. 
Okay, so if we can get past the name there, it seems like they have an interesting premise. <laughs> it's the name of the the facility is called Pine Gap. I don't know why. There's not a pine tree. I didn't see the first pine tree. It I guess it's in the gap of two mountains. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. It, it's a big open gap. Mm, is the gap bigger? Okay, I'm done. <laughs> Cal Jones, what have you been up to, man? Oh, I don't know. Work. You know, I know everyone says work, but work for me lately has been a lot of work. But other than that, I'm waiting until pretty much all the episodes of The Walking Dead have aired and I'm going to binge them at one time. So that's waiting for me. Probably since the last time we recorded, I started watching another whodunit on BBC called Father Brown. And I'm in series nine of 10, I think. So I've really been binging that lately, which is really easy to watch and kind of cool. So uh, that's pretty much me lately. Other than, you know, what we talked about Doctor Who just a few minutes ago, which I am so psyched that I was right. But anyway. And and let me just throw out a uh, throw out an honorable mention, Clarence. This is just going to make you so excited. The new season of Laboria. Yeah. Oh, God. Like, that's pretty good. Shoot me now. <laughs> Shoot me now. Yeah. They're, they're, Where's uh, Tasha when I need her? A hole opened up in the tar pits of L.A. That's all you need to know to get started here. <laughs> there's more there's more holes and they're bigger on the inside oh okay now you get the reference here but if i were to suggest a few things i've been watching i am loving what's happening in star wars right now and andor while a very different take on star wars i am really really loving it if you love the rogue one movie you should definitely check out andor on Disney Plus. And along with that, I'm going to say the Tales of the Jedi is freaking amazing. If you're into the prequels, into any of the Clone War stuff, it fills in a lot of the gaps. And speaking of gaps, it fills in a lot of gaps. It is really fun, <laughs> really interesting. And I just think, you know, it it is just a phenomenal job of of seeing what animation can do, you know, as we talk about Prodigy here, seeing what animation can do to fill in some of the gaps in the movies. And different stories that we've seen over the years. So I've really, really enjoyed those two properties from Star Wars on Disney Plus. So that's me. That's what I've been into. Now, nice. Getting into some feedback before we get to the review. We did get a bit of feedback from Simon Ahern, and I'm hope I'm saying it right. That says, "Hi, Clarence. I'm just checking in to see how you and the fellow discussing tracks host are doing. And it's been quite a while." Since there's been activity on the podcast or socials, he says, I listened back to the end of the latest episode and feed from seven weeks ago, and it seemed you were expecting to be back the following week. So hope everything is OK. I miss you guys and your take on each episode of Trek. Well, Aww. Simon in Dublin, Ireland. Oh, you can say we are back now. And I really appreciate you writing in to check on us. We just took a bit of, you know, some time. Hiatus. Away. Hiatus. Hiatus. Yeah. You know. Shore leave. Shore leave. Yeah, I, I like that better. Shore leave. An apt uh, thing to say there, John. Shore leave. Hey, it feels good to be missed. I halfway expected nobody would notice. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to get right into our review to the return of Star Trek Prodigy on Paramount Plus with Asylum. At the edge of Federation space, the crew applies for Asylum at a Comrelate outpost only for the starship to reveal its shocking true 
purpose. So for everyone listening, if you have not seen this episode, put us on pause, go out, watch it, come back, because from this moment forward, spoilers. Spoilers. Red alert. All hands stand to battle station. What gives you the right? You cannot destroy an idea. At ease before you sprain something. Like always, we are going to go back to Mr. Jones there for the beats of the episode. If he's so if he's so inclined today, I don't know. I don't know if he has anything prepared. You know, he sometimes he's serious. Sometimes he's comedic. Honestly, you never know. Kyle, it's been a while. Do you have anything for us tonight? I do. You know, this is science based. It's all about algorithms. It's all about science. It's all about the different types of sciences and mathematics, etc. and so forth. So, I'm going to have beats that I think are worthy of not one but two episodes, so I will use the same one for both this episode and the episode coming up next. And here is my mathematical formula, so to speak, quote-unquote. T minus coffee plus a resumed voyage equals a collective of zero. All will be revealed, of course in the second episode, but there is my mathematical formula. T minus coffee plus a resumed voyage equals a collective of zero. Oh, yeah. So much good stuff. And I, I, you know, I kind of watched (laughs) both of these already, so I don't know where the T takes place, but it was it was a little hurtful to see her go for tea instead of coffee, but still kind of cool. At least she got it black. (laughs) (laughs) True, true. Which is, you know. Tried and true for Miss Janeway there. So let's just get into it. John, what is your just high level opinion of this episode and thoughts on Asylum? Okay, so just putting all of my cards out on the table. I did not finish watching Lower Decks. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I will at some point. I will at some point. I just it's. uh, Yeah. Anyway, so to see Asylum on Prodigy was a breath of fresh air. I really enjoy this. Um, although I, I, I have like I wish, and maybe you guys know a little backstory on the whale thing more more than they were letting on. Like I wish that could have tied into something a little more interesting going into it. But anyway, short of that, it was a great episode, and I'm expecting a lot from it. I think we're going to see a lot spin from this episode going forward. Yeah, uh, finishing lower decks. I. I did finish it. I will say. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, nothing to be sorry about. I enjoyed it. I had fun with it. I actually had fun with it. It felt like a very different season of Lower Decks, you know, not to get on a tangent and, and you know, get off subject here, but it, it was a very different season in my opinion. Uh, did it have some bad parts or some parts that I really didn't gel with me? Yeah, but I think overall it was much more, it was less slapsticky than the previous season with all the, the sex jokes and stuff that they had in there. So yeah. I, I did enjoy this one a bit more. The third episode I watched and it was, it was a lot better. It was a lot better. So I'll give them that. Was that I the DS9 episode? That. No, that was the oh. episode where their fears and their, their desires were coming to life. Dude, watch the DS9 episode and then come back and talk to me. Seriously, mm. seriously, I, I think it's you. the next one in the feed after you. that. But but yeah, the well, getting in the well. I, I think the well which they were saving. I think it was called Aquathon. I believe that was yeah. just merely a th- good deed they were doing. Call back to the one of the uh, the TOS movies. 
Um, and also there was a Gormagander in Discovery, was it? Uh, season one, I believe, with the Harry Mudd episode. Oh, that sounds familiar. Yeah, they had a space well there as, as, as well. So I think it was just loose references to those things, but uh, nothing other than than them just trying to do a good deed, I think was the main purpose of the will. Yeah. I don't know. It just kind of opened right there in it. And I, I don't yeah. Know. But I, I, we only have so much time. So, I mean, you can't make something out of nothing for no reason. So, I get it. I just wish it would have been a little more context for that particular part. Mr. Jones, you have any additional thoughts on this second half of the season episode opener? I loved this. You know, it reminded me of why I liked Prodigy from the very beginning, mainly because I forget that this is animated. Mm. The characters mm-hmm. are so well written. I just see them as characters. I, it, it's not like, oh, I'm watching a cartoon. And again, I know it's computer animated and it's not your traditional 2D animation. Get that. But it is still an animated form. That said, I love this. I mean, I love the fact that you can take concepts and expand a little bit more and have a little bit of a broader paintbrush because it is the animated form, but it's just done really, really freaking well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I totally agree. I feel like everything in this episode here was just done to a T. One of the things personally for me is just talking about these episodes in general. You have to remember it is geared toward a Nickelodeon or child audience. So some of the stuff you thinking like, oh, if we just a little bit more serious there, it could have been so much more different or awesome. But still, even that being said, I think the stuff we see in the audience, this is actually targeted toward. It's still like some pretty amazing things that they're able to do in the playing around in the, the Voyager verse is what I'm calling it. <laughs> mm. I know this. I know Prodigy is geared more for kids than lower decks, but I feel like Prodigy takes a more serious path than Lower Decks. Mm. Like, I feel like a child would enjoy Lower Decks more than they would enjoy Prodigy. Interesting. I agree with you a million percent. A million percent I agree with you. Mm. And it's not, and, and nothing to do with animation. Now, I'll I, I say this. A child nowadays, like our current children, 10 and under or 7 and under, like most of the animation they know is the animation like Prodigy. So they would see something like Lord Dix and think of like it's old school. Yeah. But I mean, short of the animation, like it's just the the storyline in Prodigy, I feel like it's more keyed for the adult. I, I will add to what you just said, just because it is geared for a certain age of an audience does not mean it has to be dumbed down. And, you know, minus the adult humor that we've seen in Lower Decks, a good story is a good story, whether it's ages seven plus, whether it's age 20 plus, you know, it doesn't matter if it's a good, well-written story. And hence, this is a good, well-written story. And I like that you said it like... And I did get to the point where I just kind of forgot this was animation. I like that you pointed that out because you don't really notice it as you're watching it. Like you, you turn it on and you're like, okay, this is an animated show. Yeah. But like 10 minutes into it, you totally forget. And that's just a testament, I guess, to the writing or maybe the animation. I don't know. But yeah, you're right, Kyle. You totally forget. 
And see, let me add this. You know, I think his name. What is it? The 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 guy, Janko isn't Janko Bob. Yes. So you know, you could say that he is very comedic. He is very you know the jokester. He's the comedy relief. And if you look at Voyager, Neelix and yeah. him are a lot alike. Yeah. Right. Why is it always the furry ones that's the comic relief? <laughs> like even on Enterprise, like Phlox, I guess not furry, but kind of he has whiskers. But I mean, that's I like they're always it's always that other. It's never the human that's the comic relief. Yeah, I don't think. Well, let's 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 get into some of the characters into this story also just a little bit. They are attempting. We mentioned the the whale top but they're attempting to do good deeds in order to getting the good graces of starfleet as they start to make this voyage home wink wink to <laughs> to to make the starfleet and this is they we see their first stop along that journey at this 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 uh relay station so what do you guys think about them just first in general just trying to get into the good graces of starfleet having stolen a ship <laughs> Uh, it it seems like a tall order but knowing what Starfleet is and what they stand for you know you mentioned some of the values that we get from from this show uh, taking it a little bit more seriously than others I think I think that's good to see them try to work to get into good graces but I think as long as Starfleet see they're not malicious uh, or the Federation see they're not malicious, then they would be welcomed with open arms. What about this whole asylum thing and, and their journey towards Starfleet? Any thoughts on that in general? My thought on that is, you know, we're talking about how this is not a kid show. But beyond that, the characters are all, I would say, teenagers or they, they do are if they're older, they do not have as much life experience. That said, they are depending on hologram Janeway in many forms or f- and fashion, and Janeway has told them, hey, this is what you... So they're really kind of following her directive to some degree, in, at least in my opinion. I agree with you, but I, it's, it's surprising. Like, I would assume Janeway is programmed with basic Federation knowledge and culture and all of that. I don't think... Like, I, w- I just would think that the real Janeway and anybody that's been in the Federation long enough, which in turn would also be what would be programmed into that hologram would say, listen, you don't have to prove anything for Starfleet. Mm-hmm. We need to get there. We need to explain what the situation, we need to tell them what's going on and Starfleet because of who they are and the Federation, they will, I guess basically you're innocent until proven guilty. Right. So, I mean, they're going to work with you to determine what the problem was. How did you become, how did you come into this ship? Like, I don't see Starfleet like seeing them come in like you stole the, pro- you stole the protostar. Arrest them. Let's send it something that like, I don't see yeah. that. Yeah. Especially when it's a ship full of kids. Oh, I can. Can I make a prediction? Go for it. I predict at the end of the season that we're going to see on one side with the Federation Janeway and and on behalf of the crew of the protostar on the other side of the table that is defending them Janeway Jane <laughs> I, I predict that I, I and and interesting that, that you brought that you know Jonathan you're the one that made me think of that but you're seeing 
two sides of a story. And I think that's where the resolution is going to come from. You're going to have both sides of the story, both points of view from the same exact person, per se, Janeway and Janeway. And I guess I think, in, in, am I right in saying they, I think Janeway was reprogrammed, like the Diviner reprogrammed her or deleted some files or something? Yeah, yeah. I think that's been stated a few times that some yeah, of her so, memory has been deleted. So that makes sense. So how would, I mean, what, what do you, if you thought, like, what would you think if that was actual Janeway or if it was the Janeway hologram without any altered files, what do you think her advice to him would have been? I think they would already be halfway to to Starfleet if if that was the case. I mean, it would have been a much more sterner hand, I think, uh, as far as bringing them in, which is interesting. We still have all those values of Janeway that are making these better individuals. But I think she would just maybe have been a little bit tougher in the effort to get this ship back home. And also, we know that we know we would also know exactly what happened to Chakotay at this point as well, if, you know, the memories hadn't been deleted. Gosh, why can we not find out what happened? Isn't it about <laughs> time we found out something? They hadn't even hinted at to, as to what happened to him. Well, it was interesting, Cal, you mentioned Janeway on Janeway. We got this interesting scene of yet a third Janeway in this episode of on the holodeck as real Admiral, Vice Admiral Janeway was reliving the moment when Jacote left in the protostar. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool and really interesting and just amazing to see those two actors get back together, even if in this animated form. Talking about Jangway confusion, like trying to figure <laughs> out who's what and when. Like when she walked through the hologram, I was like, okay, so <laughs> was that real Janeway walking through hologram? Was that hologram walking through hologram? Or did the hologram walk past Janeway? Well, it's an intersection of Janeways. <laughs> well, you know the holodeck is bigger on the inside, John. I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> but we do learn that Hollow Janeway was a part of the original mission. As as Vice Admiral Janeway was like, I'm not going back to the Delta Quadrant. I've done it already. But you know, my hologram can go with you. <laughs> and this is interesting that we have this ship, the Protostar, this manned by one person, just Captain Chicote. I thought this was really, was it? really interesting. That's the impression I got from that. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Mm. Was, did you guys not feel that? Mm-hmm, I did. I didn't. I did not. Uh, I'm trying to remember that they didn't not just outright say that. And she never mentions any of the other crew. She just mentions Chakote. So maybe it was a small crew on the ship. But, I mean, it seems like the ship can be managed with minimal, if not any crew at all, with the hologram Janeway on board. So... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they made that clear, but my impression was that it's just him. It's just uh, Hollow Janeway, and they're headed to the Delta Quadrant. I am shocked, and I want to know if you guys are shocked that Janeway would not want to go back. Well, it was just a long mission that she thought she'd never get back from. <laughs> you know, I don't blame yeah. her. I don't blame her. But the re- part of the reason why this mission was so long was because of her exploring, exploring, like. <laughs> she was too curious. She wanted to see everything. She wanted, and they made friends. Like I figured, yeah. Janeway, the scientist that she is, with this new advanced ship, like heck yeah, I want to go back. I want to go see Neelix. I want to go. Yeah. You know, what I, 
Like Neelix is still there. I figured she'd want to go see Neelix or Cass or, you know. Now it cracks me up on the Delta Flyers podcast, which is helmed by um, Tom Paris and Vincent Kim, Robert Duncan McNeil and damn, what's Gary Wang? Yeah, Gary Wang. Gary Wang. Gary Wang. It's helmed by them. And and Robert Duncan McNeil is always saying, here goes Jayway again. Wants to stop and make friends and talk. (laughs) (laughs) We just head home. We could have been there already. All this trouble because he, you know, he keeps bringing that up. But uh, yeah, a great point. But that's what made the, the the voyage so much fun. Love seeing the Dauntless, which was a fake ship in that ep- well, a real sh- ship with a fake kind of hollow grid technology in it. And it's where we got the um, what's the wave? What's the name of the uh, warp transwarp? Not transwarp. What's the name of it, John? We saw it in Discovery as well. It may have been trans slipstream slipstream technology. Yes. 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 The Dauntless is where we got the slipstream technology, which again, we see in Voyager. I mean, in discovery at some point, but yeah, it's interesting that they've actually made this fake ship into a real ship, which is, is pretty awesome. I wonder, I'm guessing it does have the slipstream tech in it. Uh, do we know it has to, since they got to the Delta Quadrant so quickly, right? To Tars Lamora. I would assume. I would assume. Or, may, or maybe they have a protostar of their own. Mm, interesting. Interesting. Or or maybe they have the uh, spore drive. Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> I'm going to go with protostar <laughs> drive. <laughs> no, we're, we're not doing the mushrooms on this one. <laughs> Come on, man. Hey, listen, if they were on the mushrooms, everything would be bigger on the inside. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> and loopier. So we roll up to this. We roll up to the the uh, relay station. <laughs> they roll up. Yeah. So this, this is my favorite <laughs> quote of the episode, and this is from Rock Talk. Rolling up in a stolen starship is not the best first impression. They either like us, <laughs> or this will get really awkward. Which I can't do the the Rock Talk voice, but trust me, she she lived that line magically. <laughs> the first thing I really noticed, you know, as we get here to the station, we meet Lieutenant Junior Grade Barnes. Frax. And just a quick side note, Barnes Frex was a Denoblian. Denoblian. Was he really? Oh, he was. You know what? Yes. I could not place it. I was thinking he was a cross between a a, a Cardassian <laughs> and a human. I really did. You know, I was thinking the same thing and I had to look it up. So that's how I found that out. But yeah, I, I, I kept seeing Cardassian, but I like, I don't see the neck. I, just, I don't see the neck. It has to be something else. And that's when I Googled it. So he's he's a Denoblian. But let's get into some of the different, the analysis of each of the species. Of course, Jenkinpog, Tellerite, founding member of the Federation, which he uses to his advantage throughout the rest of the episode, bragging about it. We learned learned that Rock Tog is a a Brickar. 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 Insert rock, Mm. Rock Star joke here. Um, Gwen's race <laughs> is unknown. You know, that's one of the things we've been speculating about from the very beginning. We did get that flash to the future on the holodeck that showed the uh, civilization, but really didn't get a bunch of more details about her race specifically. Murph, slime worm. Melanoid slime worm. Yeah, melanoid mm-hmm. slime worm. Dal gets summoned to Starfleet headquarters. <laughs> what? <laughs> Any thoughts on that? I have a different question. So, are we sure, a hundred percent sure, that what's in their 
no pun intended, lower deck is the weapon. Well, I I'm think pretty it, sure. And I don't want to talk about the next episode too much, but they specifically address oh, it. Oh, is that the next episode? I'm sorry. No, well, I'm saying, uh, they. yeah, it is the next episode. They, they specifically address what that Trojan horse <laughs> is um, yes. as we visit Good the Good choice board. of words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Man. so... So here, here's where I'm going with our why I asked that question. I wonder if we, if there's a twist coming, and I'm wondering if whatever Dal is, he is the weapon. Mm. Mm. I don't think. I mean, I don't think that he's inherently bad. That's not what I mean. I'm wondering if this, if there's nothing else like him, supposedly, that he may have been genetically engineered for some reason. I would find Ooh. it unlikely that Federation, if if he's engineered by the Diviner, I would find it unlikely that the Federation knows about him. Uh, but it could be that the Federation engineered him, I guess, <laughs> did something like that. It's it's interesting that they would know about him, though, and have him on his radar. Like, if, if he crosses our territory, summon him home or summon him here. Very interesting. Hmm. Yeah, he could be a product of the... Uh, Eugenics? Yeah. Mm. Or it could be an Ilarian. Yeah. Well, I mean, a vastly looking different Ilarian, but <laughs> yeah, it could be an Ilarian. Other interesting things about the episode, we see that Rock is trying to find what type of size she wants to be in. Zero is attempting to get Gwen's memories back at all costs, which we remember she got a glimpse of Zero in the previous episode, losing her memories. Yeah. So uh, long story short, the station goes haywire Everything goes to hell in handbasket, and we find out the protostar is the cause of it all. The the station pretty much destroyed itself from the inside out, <laughs> mm. uh, which was cool to see. Um, and some great visuals there. As as by the end of it, they're running on the hull of the station to try to uh, make a leap of faith to their ship. So I, I think I loved all that. I thought it was well played. So was I the only one, or tell me that I've wasn't the only one who saw the guy that was on the space, uh, you know, that was at, at this spaceport. W- was I the only one that felt him as being, he's going to, you know, cut tail and run? Well, I hope he ran because if he didn't, he's dead. Probably. <laughs> yeah, but, 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 but yeah, he just I left figured. them to, to, you know, fend for themselves is what I meant. Yeah, true. And I like how they played it because he, him not seeing anybody out there where he is, like everything was fine before you guys got here, right? <laughs> and now this, <laughs> this whole station is about to destroy itself after your arrival. So I did like how he confronted them, but I don't blame him if he took till and run. At this point, it's like head to the uh, escape hatches. <laughs> let's get out of here. Which uh, you know, uh, did he get away? I don't know. Let's let's do. And the in his defense, he doesn't know if they're good or bad. Yeah, true, true, true. Hmm. So, I mean, I think just a, a, the fun episode to return with. And again, the leap of faith, Rock Talk miscalculates slightly. And, you know, we, we start to see some of the tools we should have been using all along <laughs> used in this the tractor episode. Beam. Yeah, tractor <laughs> beam. Yeah. It's cool to see as Janeway gets her memories back, we start to use some of this stuff we've been complaining about from the very beginning that were not being used that could help a lot right. of situations, you know. But any other thoughts about Asylum before we wrap this up? And get out of here. Oh, great show, man. Great, great, great episode. I loved it. That's all I can say about it. 
Uh, I second what Jonathan just said. And if we were to give ratings for this episode, what would you give this episode? Mm. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> uh, well, I've got three hmms so far. <laughs> I'm going to give it a solid four. Four from John. Pretty, pretty cool. What about you, Cal Jones? I'm going to give it a solid 4.5. And the reason I give it that is because it's been a while since we've seen it. And they were able to immediately tell enough to where you didn't have to go back and watch it and get caught up. Well done. 4.5. Good point. I think I'm going to give this one a 4.2. Give me more Janeway. Give me more Chakotay. Give me more of... You know, I mentioned Tales of the Jedi up top. Give me more of filling in these gaps of what our heroes have been up to since since Voyager ended, since Endgame. I'm I'm loving all that. I want to see more of the Voyager crew. Heck, I want to see any and everybody show up. <laughs> and I hope, yes. <laughs> and I hope we can see, you know, we, we've made this big hullabaloo about, is that a word? I don't know. We made it this is big, if you create it. <laughs> we made this big deal about... Uh, lower decks people possibly going on to strange new worlds but i want to see these characters here go back and forth i want to see them uh appear on the upcoming star trek janeway which i hope happens and and just vice versa i want to see where we are in this time period after star trek voyager and i feel like there's plenty of room here to bring in a cast of characters from all of the star trek universe including these guys over absolutely to make cameos so, yeah, all that is great. No, I, I can't wait. Captain, Ca- Captain Brown, may I please amend my rating? Sure. <laughs> Always. Five. Five. Oh, and the reason wow, wow. for that, let me tell you, the reason for that, this is 2022 as, as of this recording. We are talking about watching Voyager characters, even in animated form, <laughs> in a TV show in 2022 Five. Yeah, who would ever thought that would have happened? <laughs> All right. I'll talk about it on a daily, so <laughs> that's just the tricky in me. All right, guys, we're going to wrap things up. Of course, if you have feedback about this episode or anything else we've talked about today, you can send it into fans at discussingtrek.com or hit us up at Discussing Trek on any and all social medias. You can also use those outlets to respond to Trek Trivia. John, what do you have for us this week? All right. So since the theme has been things that are bigger on the inside than the out, <laughs> uh, we learned the species species of our favorite character, Murph, and he was a melanoid slime worm. That species has been mentioned one other time throughout Trek. Do you know when it was and in what context? So you heard, John, guys, the question for this week is when in what episode or what series episode Melanoid Slime Worm Slime Worm has been mentioned in the Star Trek universe. Is that correct? That is correct. This is a very deep cut. So I don't know. Someone gets it. I have much respect to their tricky values. <laughs> And with that, guys, we're going to go ahead and wrap up. I appreciate all of you guys joining as we're going to try to keep trucking on these Star Trek Prodigy episodes. And hopefully the latest episode will have it coming soon after this one. But thank you guys for joining. If you made it this far again, if you have any feedback or anything about the episode or otherwise, you can write that in to fans at discussing or it is back 
or hit us up at Disgusting Trek on any and all social medias. Thank you for joining, guys. And until next time, live long and prosper. Thanks for listening to the Discussing Trek podcast. For more information, go to DiscussingTrek.com slash subscribe. been listening to the discussing network find out more at discussingnetwork.com